This day, my mind is being renewed. For the word of the Lord, it is perfect. And it converts my soul. It changes the way that I think. I am being changed. I am going up from one degree of glory to the next. Thank you, Lord, for strength in your word. I'm being built up this morning by the word of his grace. And I thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Are there any praisers in the house today? Glory to God. Wow. I know you guys had some good praise this morning. Amen. Brenda sends greetings. We spent a little time with the new members this morning. And I did my part. Now Brenda's doing her part. You may be seated. So good to see all of you today. Praise God. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms 124. Psalm 124. Open your Bibles and open your hearts. In Psalms 124, it says, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Now I want you to pay particular attention to that. On our side. Or on your side. Let now heart of the bay say, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, men rose up against us. They would have swallowed us up quickly when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The streams would have gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. But blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Glory to God. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. Their snare is broken and we are escaped. I want to announce to you today, if you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are going to miss hell. Hell, we ain't going there. We're on our way to heaven. Singing and shouting the victory. I'm on my way to glory. Hallelujah. And so are you. Now notice this in verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Brenda's doing a great series on the name of Jesus. Who made heaven and earth. Notice, he helps you. A lot of us in this auditorium need all the help we can get. He helps us. And the reason why he helps us is because he is for us. He's on our side and he is for us. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just let that sink deep within your spirit today. He's my helper. He's for me. Now look at Psalms 118. Psalm 118, verse 1. 
Glory to God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is because His mercy endureth forever. Let now heart of the bay say that His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Look at this next verse now. Let now the house of Caldwell say that His mercy endureth forever. Let now the house of DeMello say that His mercy endureth forever. Let now the house of Herrera say, the house of Jones say, that His mercy Glory to God. His mercy endures forever. Let them now that fear the Lord. Have we learned anything about the fear of the Lord lately? The fear of the Lord is to reverence Him, to worship Him, to the degree where we respect Him and His Word, and we obey what He says to us. Let now them that fear the Lord, that say that His mercy endureth hallelujah I'm a recipient of God's mercy how about you his mercy endures forever now notice this in the next verse verse 6 or not verse 5 we don't want to move too quickly here now I called upon the Lord in distress anybody ever been in distress well when you call upon the Lord He's for you. He's not going to turn his ear from your call. He's not going to turn from you in the time of your distress. Oh, I love it. I called on the Lord in distress. And the Lord said, I'll get back to you. And the Lord said, you're the next person in line. It'll be about 45 minutes. No, the Lord answered you. Hey, call unto him and he's going to answer you. And he's going to show you great and mighty things. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and sent me in a tight place. God's will for you is large. God's will for you is is roomy. Hallelujah. He's a large God. He's a big God. And His will for you is large. Amen. Glory to God. Now, verse 6. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on your side. Point at yourself and say, the Lord, Lord, he's on my side. side. Look at the one on the left and say, the Lord Lord is on your side. side. Go to the other side and say, the Lord Lord is on your side. Woo, glory. The Lord's on your side. The Lord's on your team. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. He's on our side. What does that mean? 
when he's on your side, that's the direct opposite of him being against you. He's for you. He's on your side. Now here's what happens. When you believe this, fear leaves you. Because he said, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Fear leaves. Now listen very carefully. The presence of fear indicates the absence of faith. And the absence of fear, glory to God, shows the presence of faith. And I just dropped by to tell you that faith gives you victory. It's the victory that overcometh the world. There's no reason for you to fear, for the Lord is near and he's on your side. Ooh, glory to God. Brothers and sisters, he is absolutely the captain of your salvation. He is the superstar. And when you got the superstar on your team who went to hell and rose up victorious over death, hell, and the grave and gave you authority, how can you lose? Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus is living in you. Jesus is for you. Jesus is on your side. And to beat us, the devil would have to beat him. And he cannot do it because he is the unbeatable one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. Now notice verse 7. It says, the Lord takes your part with them that help me. Therefore, I will see my desires upon all them that hate me. You see, there's way too much emphasis in religious circles on what he's against. Well, he's against that, and he's against this, and he's... You know, sometimes you kind of feel like he's against you, but how many of you know he ain't against you? He's on your side. He's for you. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Now look at Romans chapter 5. Romans the fifth chapter. We're going to just hammer home these thoughts. And all week long, I want you to be thinking and saying to yourself, the Lord's on my side. The Lord's on my side. The Lord's on my side. They that be with me are more than they that be with them. Amen. Now notice this in Romans 5 verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while you were yet a sinner... Christ died for you. What does this mean? This means way before you were for Him, He was for you. He was for you. Now notice the next verse. Much more than being justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Much more. Now that we are His, how much more is He for us? In verse 10, For if then when you were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, everyone say much more. Much more. Ooh, hallelujah. We serve a God 
of much more. We serve a God of much, much more. Amen? How much more? Much more. Being reconciled, verse 10, we shall be saved by His life. He was for you before you knew Him. He was for you when you were running from Him. How much more is He for you now? I'm asking you. How much more is He for you now? I'm asking you one more time. How much more is He for you now? Much more. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And so help comes from your Lord who helps you in every situation. Now look at Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans, the 8th chapter, the 31st verse. Paul, by the Spirit, has written this letter to the church at Rome. And the whole 8th chapter is so rich and so full of revelation. And Paul in response to some of the things that he had written before verse 31, he's overwhelmed by how much more God is for him and on his side. And so he writes here in Romans 8.31, What shall we then say to these things? Read the rest with me. If God be for us, This is what will happen when you get a revelation of who you are and what you have and what you can do in and through Christ Jesus. It'll just rise up so strong on the inside of you. You'll be able to say like Paul, hey, since God's for me, what does it matter what's against me? Amen? One translation says, since God is for us, who can successfully be against us? For the enemy to succeed over you, he'd have to succeed over him, and it'll never, ever happen. The message translation says it like this. With God on our side like this, how can we lose? With God on your side, how can you lose? We are not losers. We are winners. You may have been called a loser, but they were wrong. You are not a loser. You are a winner. At one time, you may have been a loser, but Jesus bought and paid for you. And now you are a winner. Because not only is he on your side, you're now on his side. Amen? Oh, glory to God. Now notice in verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. 
how shall he not with him also freely give us what? If he gave you Jesus, don't you know that he'll take care of your mortgage payment? Since he gave you Jesus, do you think he has any difficulty with you getting a new watch? Since the ultimate price was paid, and that is the most important thing in our life, I'm telling you, all these other things are small potatoes compared to what he's already done. And religion will tell you that he does not want you to have anything. What kind of an earthly father would be upset with his son or his daughter if they got a new car? What kind of an earthly father would be just so depressed and bummed out if their son or their daughter got a promotion on the job? No, the earthly father would get happy. And if you then being evil or natural know how to give, come on, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to those that ask you? The truth of the matter is this. There's nothing wrong with having things. What's wrong is when things have us. When things become more important than Him, it's time to let those things go. When things keep us from seeking first the kingdom of God and His way of being and doing right, it's time to change our priorities. It's time to have a change of heart. But folks... I believe I'm looking at a congregation that's got their act together. Amen. I mean, to tell you, I'm looking at a group of people that things don't have you. Things are just a byproduct of you seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. I thought I'd hear a bigger amen than that. Well, we're going to keep working on it. Amen. We're going to keep preaching the truth. Hallelujah. You see, godliness with contentment, the Bible says it's great gain. The greatest gain you'll ever have in life is living a godly life. And a godly life means that you're like God and you're living for Him with all your heart. Now, the love of money is the root of what? All evil. Now, there are people that are coveting after money. They're selling their soul for a nickel. They're selling their soul for a dime. They're selling their kids out for a third and fourth job. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But that does not mean that you can't have your act together and that you can't have money. The question is, does money have us or do we have money? Money is simply a tool, hallelujah, to promote the good news. Amen. Now look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. I want you to see this. 
how much more shall he not with Christ freely give you all things? All things. In 1 Timothy 6, the 17th verse, it says now, charge them that are rich in this world. You know that the Bible calls you rich? So this is talking about you. Some of you didn't get that. The scripture says this. He was made poor that you through his poverty might be what? He was rich, yet he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. Somebody says, I don't have two nickels to rub together. The Bible says you're rich. And I'm going to call myself what the Bible calls me. I'm going to say I'm rich. I'm rich in my spirit. I'm rich in my soul. I'm rich in my body. I'm rich in every area of my life. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know you're rich? I am? Yes, you am. You're rich. But now notice this. It says, charge them. This is a charge. Them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. See, this is about the heart. See, many people let their riches go to their head. And because they have something, they think they're something. Well, if you don't think you're something before you have something, you've missed the boat. Because you find out that you are something and you are somebody in the Word of God. Did I lose some of you? That they be not high-minded. In other words, they don't strut. They don't get proud. Nor, here it is, trust in uncertain riches. You see, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but who do we remember? We're going to remember the name of the Lord our God. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. But in the living God who's for you but in the living God who's on your side. Who are you trusting? Who are you trusting? You're trusting the living God. Now notice this. Who giveth us richly all things do what? Religion will tell you you're not supposed to enjoy life. You're just supposed to endure it. You're not, you're not supposed to enjoy your marriage. You're supposed to just endure it. And you know, sex is just for having children. You're not supposed to enjoy one another. That's why so many people end up with so many kids. <laughs> How many kids you got? Oh, I lost count. 
That's another subject right there. We, we're not going there. <laughs> oh, glory to God. He's given you richly all things to enjoy. He just gives you good things because he loves you. Now, be honest with you, with me. How many have some nice things? Do you enjoy them? Amen. You enjoy them. But if the Lord told you to give it to Pastor Tom, would you? (laughs) If the Lord told you to sow it, would you sow it? Good friend of mine, Pastor's Cottonwood Christian Center down in... uh, in uh, Cyprus, near Los Alamitos, Bayless Conley. When he was just a baby Christian, he was a young Christian, he had something very precious that was given to him. And the Lord basically asked him, Now, Bayless, if I told you to give that, would you do it? And quite honestly, he wasn't ready to hear that. Because this gift, this was something really precious to him. And so... He just took it real seriously because it was a word from the Lord. It was a question the Lord had for him. Would you be willing? Would you give this? So he went and fasted and prayed and shut himself away. And he finally got the victory over that thing. And he went back to the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm ready to give it. And I'm ready to give it with a smile on my face. Just let me know who to give it to. And the Lord said, Bayless, I don't want you to give it. I just wanted you to be willing to. And you see, sometimes God will test your obedience. Be willing to give. God gives us Richly, all things to enjoy. But brothers and sisters, all these things are going to burn up. So I, I think that, I think a good thing for us to practice, and I haven't mastered this yet, but I think a good thing for us to practice is instead of saying, I really love golf. Maybe we should switch it and say, you know, I really like golf. I enjoy golf. Oh, I love, 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 love in and out burgers. <laughs> just, just, just try it for a while. I really, really, I like in and out burgers. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm kind of a multiple in and out burger kind of guy. Because he gives me richly all things to enjoy. But nothing should take his place in our heart. Because whether we realize it or not, some of these things can become idols. Right? Oh, man, I love me some Golden State Warriors. I like the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I, I, 
I, I love, I love my car. You know, your car will never love you back. <laughs> no, no matter how much you polish that, how much you speak over it, that car is not able to love you back. I think we're getting some place this morning. It has to do with our heart. And it has to do what we set our heart upon. God is worthy of your love. His, his plan, His purpose is worthy of your love. His kingdom and the cause of Christ is worthy of your love. Are you still here? Verse 33. Romans 8. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even seated at the right hand of God, who also is praying for you right now. Who shall or what shall separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But I want you to read verse 37 with me. Kind of strong. Ready, read. Nay, in all these things... We are more than conquerors through Him. That's another way of God saying, I love you so much. I'm for you so much. Amen? Verse 38. For I am persuaded. If there was one person who was persuaded, it was the Apostle Paul. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. In other words, what's going on in my life right now and what I may face tomorrow, I am fully persuaded, verse 39, that neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature is ever going to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. I'm telling you, that's shouting ground. That's running ground. That's praising ground. Whoo, hallelujah. In other words, what could ever stop him from being for you? Nothing will ever stop him for caring for you. Put your hand over your heart and say, My Father cares for me. You are on my side. And you are for me. And I receive this revelation today. And I refuse to let it slip. I hold fast to the truths that I'm hearing today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Tom is going to come and receive the offering in about 10 minutes. But I have some scriptures that I want to...
talk to you about that will put the icing on the cake of this message. So everyone, stay awake. Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Since God is for me, who can be against me? I think of that old song that we sing. Psalm 23. Notice verse 1. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all sorts of wants. Verse 2. No, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in burnt fields. He keeps leading me beside troubled waters. No, thank God He leads you in green pastures. You know why? Because He's for you. Green pastures is where sheep feed. Amen. Green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. And He restores your soul. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Have you ever thought about it? You know why God leads you? Because He's for you. He leads you in the right path. He wants to make sure you get on the right path. Because He knows what's ahead on that path. He's for you so much. Verse 4. Yeah, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. But I will fear no evil. Why? For what? He's on our side. He's for us. Woo! But He's also with us. He's with us. He's with us to lead us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to restore us. He's with you. And His rod and His staff, they comfort you. Read verse 6 with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. What's happening to your cup this morning? I said, what's happening to your cup today? You may have come in empty, but the moment you started praising God, He started filling you. Hallelujah. The moment you started sitting down and getting to the Word, He started filling you. We're about to go into the overflow. Say it with me. My cup. What is it doing? Let's read verse 6 together. Oh, glory. Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Oh! And I'm going to dwell. I'm going to dwell. Where are you going to live? You may have a nice house down here, but it ain't nothing compared to the mansion. That he's preparing for you. Hallelujah. And all the way on this path, goodness and mercy are following you. Amen. And then top, turn with me to Psalm 54, verse 4. And I would suggest to you to get the 
CD of this morning's message because it's amazing to me how the Lord leads in different dimensions and in different ways in both services. But in Psalms 54, in verse 4, they're both good. We talked a lot about in the early service becoming more aware that He's with you than your enemies around you. Amen? Becoming more aware that He is with you than your enemies around you. Amen? If you're not careful, you will get sucked in to this world's system that functions by the illegitimate God of this world, Satan. Everything with him is dark. Everything with him is worst case scenario. Listen, folks, you cannot win feeding on the world 60% of your time and feeding on the word 40% of your time. If we are going to become more aware of his presence than we are the presence of our enemies, we're going to have to have more word time. We're going to have to have more prayer time and more praise time. Come on, somebody. And we're going to need to be men and women who set our affection on things above, not on the things that are below on this earth. And you talk, my brothers and sisters, about a peace that passeth all understanding. The scripture says that he will keep you and me in perfect peace. That's shalom, shalom. That means nothing missing and nothing broken. He will keep you in perfect peace if you will keep your heart and your mind set on him. Amen? And so it takes discipline to do that. Psalm 54 verse 4. Hallelujah. It says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. And then turning to Psalm 56, verse 9. We want to look at this. Psalm 56 and verse 9. It says, When I cry unto you, then shall my enemies... In other words, they showed up, but someone who was for you and with you and in you and on your side met them there. Because you cried unto the Lord with a cry of faith. When I cry unto the Lord, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know. Why? This I know why. This I know why. God's for me. And then lastly, Psalms 41 and verse 11. I saw this the other morning as I was meditating on the favor of God. Did you know that you're a favorite of the Lord's? Somebody said, well, I thought I was his favorite. We're all his favorites. The God of favor gives his favorites great favor. That's him being for you. Amen? Listen, when you got that job, when maybe you didn't have the education to get that job, that's God being for you. 
when you got that promotion, when other people around you were thinking that they were going to get the promotion, but you got that promotion, you know what that is? That's God being for you. Amen? When you got that home, when people were lined up by the dozens to put a bid on that home, but you got the home, you know what that is? That's God being for you. Maybe when you applied for a grant, when they said no way, but the grant was given you at any way, that is God being for you. Amen. When you got that scholarship that would have cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay, but you got a free ride. That ain't your good looks, bro. That ain't your, that ain't your intelligence. It factors in, but that's God being good to you and that's God being for you. When we got a seven to zero vote to be able to have church in this place when they didn't want us here, that was God being for us. And there'll come a day when I burn that mortgage in front of hundreds of people. Light her up, baby. Burn, baby, burn. We'll just say, to God be the glory. It's because God was for us. You have to have that kind of attitude. You may have been told you're a loser. You may have been told no one's for you. But it's a lie straight from the pit of hell. There may have been people close to you growing up that said you'd never amount to anything. That you're a loser. That you'll never, never make anything of your life. But look at your sassy self today. Look what the Lord has done. To God be the glory. It's all because God is for you. And if He be for you, what can successfully be against you? Oh, man. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to raise our hand and praise Him. Oh, I prophesy promotion over your household in the name of Jesus. I prophesy favor going before you. I prophesy over your life increase. I prophesy you being brought into a roomy place, into a large place, into a wealthy place. Wealthy in your heart, wealthy in your mind, wealthy in your relationships. Somebody says, why do you get so preachy? I just can't help it. I've seen what the Lord's done in my life. And I've seen what the Lord has done in countless numbers of people in this room. And I'm telling you what, it makes me happy. But it also gives me confidence and an expectation for a bright future for you, for me, and for this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalms 41 verse 11. This is what I saw. By this I know. Sounds like the Apostle Paul. I'm persuaded. By this I know that you favored me. By this I know that you were with me. 
By this I know that you were on my side and that you were for me. How do you know that? Because my enemy... (laughs) Hey, he came to eat up my flesh, but he couldn't triumph. Amen. He came to, to cause me to be bankrupt, but he couldn't do it. By this I know that you favor me, Lord, that you're for me. Read the rest with me. Because my enemy... Put your hand over your heart and pray this of me. Heavenly Father, I see your word today. The great favor is on my team. That you are for me. And I proclaim today that even though weapons may be formed against me, even the enemy would come in one way. He has to flee before me seven ways. I know it. I know it. My enemy cannot triumph because I have great favor. Now raise your hands and say, now thanks be unto God, which always he's causing me to triumph. Come on, let's shout yes. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.